today on Lawyers Rising. Just because people have a bad experience one place, they'll take that bad experience and believe that they're going to have the same bad experience somewhere else. Why you need to look at more law firms in your job search. Hello and welcome. I'm joined once again by the founder and chief executive of BCG Attorney Search, Harrison Barnes. Harrison, good morning. Good morning. So let's talk today about why you need to look at more law firms and markets in your job search. We're going to do this by working through some some stories, some anecdotes that maybe he'll help to uh, illustrate this point. Um, of course, this is all very situational for people uh, in their particular uh, place in their careers, but maybe by illustrating certain individual cases, we can give people some some good advice here. So let's just kind of put this in broad terms by describing, again, in general terms, the mistakes that people make when looking for jobs in the market. I tend, it, it, my sense is that there's a, a bit of myopia that tends to set in with folks, and they aren't looking at the big picture or really fully understanding what options are available to them. Do I have that right? Yeah, I mean, that that is correct. I mean, I think that one of the biggest mistakes that people do is they tend to, uh, you know, rely on, uh, you know, one thing there or two things when they're looking for a job. So, you know, one of the most common things right now is that a lot of people will rely on, you know, public job sites to look for positions. And uh, that tends to be, uh, you know, among the most common. But, you know, in reality, I mean, that's not the, the most effective way to look for a job. And so, you know, my advice to people is generally to, you know, use a lot of different methods in, in looking for positions. And uh, because, you know, there's something called uh, the force multiplier effect, which is a, a you know, a, a military, uh, you know, idea. But what happens in the military is, you know, they don't, they don't just send in ground troops generally. I mean, they'll send in airplanes and missiles and, you know, and, and all sorts of different, uh, you know, tanks. And, you know, and because if you have, if you apply more, pressure and you do more things, then you're more likely to win. And the same thing goes with your job search. Can we talk more about uh, the mistakes that people make when they're looking for jobs? You talked about like just looking at public job sites to make their choices. Um, where else should they be looking? What other kinds of information should they be uh, relying on to make this very important decision? Well, so there's, you know, there's really about seven main ways of, of looking for a position. And there's certainly probably others, uh, you know, that you could come up with or argue that are good ways. But, uh, you know, the first way would be, you know, networking. Um, you know, the second way would be public job boards. A third would be, uh, you know, private job boards. Uh, fourth, uh, you know, mass targeted mailing uh, to legal employers. Uh, the fifth would be legal recruiters. Uh, you know, the sixth would be, you know, hiring another company to, you know, a company to do it for you. And um, the seventh would be, uh, you know, law school career services. And, you know, each of those kind of has their plus and minuses, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I really recommend if, if someone really wants a job, you know, the, the most important thing and the best job where they're going to be happiest would be to use every single one of those when they're looking. So a lot of people will often make mistakes, uh, the mistake of using a previous bad experience to dictate their future choices. You know, um, we've spoken many times in this podcast before about people who've had really bad experiences at big law firms and big markets and decide, well, maybe this is what all law in 
big cities is like, and then you know maybe leave, go to a small town, uh, work at a job for far less money than they're actually capable of making. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, about how individual um, experiences can sometimes lead you on bad choices for your future employment? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of times people will have bad experiences working in, you know, all sorts of environments. And it's it's not just in the practice of law, it's in, it's in other professions as well. But, you know, one of the most common things that I see is, you know, is when people work in kind of large, impersonal law firms, you know, they may have a bad experience for one reason or another. And, um, you know, I mean, people go through, for example, recessions, and they when they see a recession, and they realize they may, you know, dependent on other people, and they, you know, may quit the practice of law and try something else, or they may, you know, have a bad experience where they, uh, you know, just they, they lose their job because they didn't get along with someone, or uh, they just feel, you know, really bad in the environment they're in, and you know, and so you can, it, it a lot of times the the biggest mistake that people make is they generalize, they uh, they they believe that you know what happened to them in their previous employer is the same thing that's going to happen to them in the next, and you know the thing is, is I mean, you know. At BCG, for example, I mean, there's over 10,000 law firms that we work with. And so, you know, the idea, you know, when people come to us all the time, they may say something like, I never want to work in a law firm again, or, you know, I never want to work in the city. And, and the thing is, you can always find a, a group of people that it is going that are going to uh, match, you know, your outlook and, and you know, and, and will you be comfortable with. And, uh, you know, and, and you just can't, and, and, it's, and it's possible. And I think that just because people have a bad experience one place, they, they always, a lot of times, will take that bad experience and believe that they're going to have the same bad experience somewhere else. Yeah, and it's a tough thing to try and delineate, like, whether or not you really are cut out for this, uh, or whether or not you have to make a move to a different size market or a different practice area, even. You know, conversely to the person that uh, maybe should have stayed in the big city, shouldn't have uh, gone to a, a smaller town or uh, with, uh, you know, doing kind of more menial kind of work. Other kinds, uh, the, the converse can also be true, right, where somebody... Um, is really set on staying in a major market, staying in a big city law firm, when they should be looking at mid-sized markets. Can you talk a little bit about that, about the mistake people make about kind of discounting moving to mid-sized cities because for whatever reason, they think it's not as glamorous? Well, it's not just glamorous. I think a lot of people uh, tend to be motivated by money. And, and so they believe that, you know, the, the quality of job that they have is, is, is more in line with, you know, is, is going to be determined by, you know, how much, how much money they make. And, and so they, they kind of emphasize that. And, you know, one point that I, 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 I tried to make, uh, you know, in, in an article that I wrote, uh, you know, is when you're practicing law and you're, and you're, you know, it's your life. And I mean, you, you want to be happy. And, you know, one of the happiest that I ever was, 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 was when I was clerking for a, a federal judge in a small city. And, you know, and I, and I liked it. I mean, I liked the, you know, people I was with, I had good hours, I had, you know, a relatively nice life. And, uh, you know, and, and so it just, you know, and, and it was a much more pleasant life than I had even when I was making, you know, three times as much or four times as much money. So, you know, I think that people, you know, they emphasize, you know, especially when, people are, are, are young, but even older attorneys do this. I mean, they, their egos are kind of, you know, they, they want to say to other people what they're doing or they want to be successful in the eyes of others. And, and I just don't um, think that, that that's really worth it. I mean, one of the things that I've noticed, it's, it's interesting 
you know, people that come out of uh, the Yale Law School is kind of a, an interesting place because it's so difficult to get into and you have to be so smart that I think by the time people get in there, that's like their ego achievement. Like that's what they, they feel good about themselves in a lot of cases for that. And so because they have that kind of, you know, their ego, they, people that come out of Yale Law School do all sorts of things. I mean, that don't involve making a lot of money in law firms in many cases. They, you know, will go into, you know, politics or public interest or other things and because they're confident and they realize that the most important thing for them is to be happy, I think, and, and they don't have this kind of ego need that's driving them. And, you know, even when I was practicing law, like, you know, I, I, and it was a long time ago, but, you know, I can remember being driven by my ego by getting the most salary or getting the most, uh, you know, um, working at the most prestigious firm. And that's, that's just something that uh, is not necessarily always worth it. We talk a little bit more about understanding the market that you're trying to work in. Um, you know, attorneys are so focused on the actual job that they have to perform that maybe they don't fully understand uh, the kind of marketing aspect of this and how they can market themselves and understand the markets that they're trying to, to penetrate. So you, you've mentioned before um, the idea of market efficiencies and market inefficiencies. Can you kind of talk about what the difference is between those two things and how it applies in the legal market context? Yeah. So, well, something that I've noticed is, you know, the, the larger the law firm uh, in many cases and, you know, the, 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 and the more people are working in it, the more, uh, and, and this isn't always the case, but, you know, the, the, more, the more it really kind of responds to, to market needs because it needs to be, you know, competitive in order to survive. And the same thing goes in, you know, in larger markets. So, you know, the larger markets are typically very, very efficient. And that means that, you know, the best people get the best jobs. Uh, you know, there's, there's lots of applicants for most openings. Um, you know, you're, you're going to be paid uh, essentially what you're worth in the market. And there's not going to be uh, among the largest firms and largest markets a ton of inefficiencies. Now, there may be some inefficiencies, like law firms may pay people more than they need to in some cases, but it's kind of rare. You know, it's, I mean, I know of law firms that pay, you know, 15th year associates, I mean, half a million dollars a year, which they probably don't need to do that uh, unless the person has some really super niche skills. I mean, they could probably get someone to do the same work, you know, for, for half that. So there are, that, that would be an example of an inefficiency. But the real inefficiencies come when, you know, when there's, when there's so many law firms in a market and the law firms don't really realize how many people they can get uh, for a, a particular job. And, um, and, and how, you know, and how much they need to pay and all these sorts of things. So a lot of times an attorney can take advantage of that. And that's really what an attorney should do. So if an attorney is trying to get a job in, you know, in a major market, say, uh, you know, Chicago, uh, you know, and they have a certain type of experience, you know, there's pro the, the market in Chicago is probably going to understand like how many people are like them, you know, if they can get better people, if they can, you know, and, and, and all these sorts of things. And so that's going to make it, uh, you know, much easier for the law firm to reject them and that much harder for you to get a job in many cases. So, but if you're applying in smaller markets uh, where there's not as many applicants or you're applying to smaller firms that don't necessarily know how to market themselves in many, in many cases or really understand the market dynamics of what's out there, then you can sometimes make a lot more money in those firms than the firm has to pay. You know, at the risk of belaboring this point, I want to talk a little bit more about working in mid-sized or smaller markets and 
the struggle that I think you deal with sometimes of trying to uh, get people to recognize that there are real uh, benefits to working in those markets. People are sort of so focused on working in Los Angeles or New York or Chicago that they kind of discount those smaller places. I know you've worked in smaller markets as an attorney. What are the benefits of doing that as opposed to being in uh, the rat race, as it were, in, in a bigger market? Well, when I worked, I mean, I, I worked in Los Angeles as an attorney, uh, but I, I um, when I clerked for a judge, it was in a smaller town. Uh, but uh, you know, what I've noticed in, in smaller markets is, you know, almost everybody that, that joins a firm in a smaller market when they, you know, it, when they get out of law school or when they're a few years out of law school, they end up spending um, their career in, in, in a law firm in most cases in a smaller market. Uh, you know, it's very, you know, and, and, and so the benefits of that are, I mean, I think that, you know, when you work in small to mid-sized markets, uh, I think that the people inside the law firms, you, you, you typically don't make as much money, but I think that the people inside the law firms tend to protect one another. Uh, I think that there's less movement uh, of, of attorneys between uh, law firms. I think that, you know, you have uh, more free time, uh, so you're not working all the time because it's not like this industrial apparatus. You're, uh, you're also, um, the relationships between the attorneys in most cases are better. Uh, you know, people have more time for their families. Uh, they, uh, you know, they have houses and, uh, you know, and, and you know, lives uh, outside of work. They're uh, more active in the community, so they will join groups and things and get clients that way. I think that also in a smaller to mid-sized market, you're going to have uh, better relationships with your clients because you're going to actually you're, you're going to actually physically see your clients and relate to your clients. Whereas in many major markets, you may just be part of you know a, a transition. If you're a litigator, uh, you're going to get to go to court more often. You're going to uh, get to know judges and so forth. You know, and, and generally, I mean that those are some some of the main things. And you know, and and also in, in smaller to mid-sized markets, I mean attorneys are respected. I mean they. You know, everyone knows who the attorneys are and they, they think it's a, you know, kind of a cool thing to be an attorney and they like knowing attorneys and, you know, but big markets, I mean, no one could really care less that you're an attorney. I mean, I'm an attorney and, you know, no one really cares that I'm an attorney. <laughs> and there's plenty of attorneys around, but, uh, you know, where I am, but it's, uh, but I've noticed that, you know, attorneys are held in very high, high regard in, in smaller to mid-sized markets. So, and I think that, you know, the other thing that I think is important is I think that people, you know, function based on personal relationships. And I think that, you know, people are happier when they, when they have personal relationships with other people. And I think that, you know, people are happier when they have a sense of purpose. And I think that, you know, you have more of a sense of purpose and you feel closer to your clients. And I think, you know, for the most part, you know, you have, um, you know, more security and, you know, and, and, and so you don't feel as on edge and you don't feel like you need to, you know, your job is, a, is at risk. And I think in smaller markets, it's also much easier to bring in clients. I mean, you know, some law firms like, you know, big law firms in Chicago and, uh, you know, in other cities, I mean, you know, they're not going to have any interest in your, your clients and the most part, unless it's a big public company. So, you know, those are some of the things I think that are important. I mean, there's certainly some drawbacks of, of working in a smaller market. Uh, and some of those are that there's fewer jobs. And that's one reason that people don't bounce around a lot and the, the pay is lower and you may not work on the sophisticated things. But, you know, if, if your goal is, you know, happiness, uh, you know, and psychological stability and, and not uh, dying an early death and that sort of thing, then... And, 
in many cases, I mean, a smaller to mid-sized market can be good for you. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with large law firms. I mean, they provide an excellent service, but it's just, uh, you know, from what I've seen in terms of what makes attorneys happy and stick with the practice of law, that many times a, a smaller to mid-sized market's a better choice. Yeah, definitely. In terms of quality of life, in terms of kind of avoiding the alienating thing of working in a, a huge city where it's tough to meet people anyway, in a, a firm where it's a real rat race, where um, not exactly we're trying to stab each other in the back, but it can be uh, very highly competitive and that can have a very wearing effect on you uh, as you go deeper into your career. Some people are built for it. There's no doubt about it. And really um, thrive in that atmosphere, but a lot don't. So is it difficult to try and get convinced people that are set or are unhappy in their current position in a major market? Um, is, is it difficult to kind of shake them uh, out of um, their complacency to look elsewhere, to look at smaller to, to mid-sized markets, or are they just so set on the fact that they have to succeed in a big city that it, it can be difficult for them to, uh, to look elsewhere? Well, there's a couple of problems. Um, you know, as, as I see it, uh, you know, and, and I, I think that one of the problems is that, you know, a, a lot of attorneys, in order to be successful, um, you know, they, they have to be, uh, you know, and they've, they've developed all these kind of defense mechanisms or whatever, or coping mechanisms, where, uh, you know, a lot of it is on, uh, you know, is, is ego-based, you know, so they will, uh, you know, be very, very ego-based. And, you know, so, and there's healthy ego and there's unhealthy ego. You know, so I know a lot of, you know, some of the, you know, the most successful attorneys I know, I mean, are just, some of them are just, you know, amazing. And they, they have these huge egos and, you know, and they, and they're just fine working in big cities. I mean, you know, they're, they're absolutely, uh, you know, fine and they, they, they thrive on it. But, you know, but the, the idea of the unhealthy or the unhealthy ego is, you know, a lot of times people will put their ego ahead of their really, you know, of their success. And so, you know, they, they don't, they think that they need to keep up with, with certain people that may have natural skills and business development and so forth and, or their peers that they know from law school. And so, you know, so instead of, um, you know, being happy, um, they will, you know, decide, well, it's better to not practice law than to, you know, to practice in a smaller market, or it's better to, uh, you know, to, to, to do something completely different, like work in house and practice in a law firm, uh, because then I will, you know, not look as successful. And, you know, so people a lot of times won't, won't keep their, their, you know, they won't put their psychological health and their, you know, stuff above and uh, other things. And, you know, then the other problem, the, the biggest problem, one of the biggest problems that I see, that's, you know, a major, major problem is, you know, once you once an attorney starts making a lot of money inside of a big law firm and they can make quite a bit, you know, then then they get all these obligations and so forth. And the only way to support them is with that kind of salary. And, um, you know, and then they have houses and, you know, houses go up and down in value and then they have kids and they have send them maybe, you know, and those are I mean, then, you know, they may have a spouse that works or doesn't. And so people get all these obligations and then they feel trapped. And I see that all the time. I mean, I know. You know, and one of the, I mean, it's not funny, actually, but, um, you know, one of the things that I see all the time is I, you know, every couple months I'll talk to, uh, you know, someone will call me and it'll be like a woman who's a very, you know, successful, like associate in a major law firm or of counsel or something and making, you know, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year. And they will, I mean, it's, it's, 
and their husbands will be at home taking care of the kids and these women will want to do something else, but they can't do anything else that pays anywhere near that. And so they kind of feel trapped. And I, you know, I kind of wonder like what would it be like if they were, you know, working in a normal, in a, in a, in a smaller market and then, you know, maybe, you know, they would have a different style of life and wouldn't feel, you know, shackled to, to this. And I mean, you know, so it's, it's hard. I mean, you know, when you, when someone's paying you all sorts of money, I mean, is a trade off of not having a happy life and like, you know, worth it. I just don't know. Yeah. And it's a tough thing to um, kind of grapple with. And I guess it really comes down to people being honest with themselves, really having a serious discussion with themselves about what they want. Um, and are they happy right now? And to kind of sketch that out uh, in order to kind of guide their future decision-making in terms of where they want to work next. Um, I think a lot of people, are caught up with ideas about what other people expect of them um, uh, rather than what they will truly make them happy. And it, it takes people a long time to kind of get to that place, I think. Um, I, I certainly didn't get to it until I was well into my 30s before I was really honest with myself about what I really wanted to do. Um, so it's a tough thing to do to encourage people to to look into the mirror uh, and uh, be honest with themselves, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, like you were saying, in your 30s, it took me a long time to grow up too. Like, when I was in my, um, I don't know, yeah, when I was in my mid-30s, like I, I started this company and it just, not this company, but it was a, a, a company that was kind of an offshoot of, of uh, what I'm doing now. And it was a company that was doing like all these um, student loans and it became very, very successful. I mean, it just took off and uh, I don't know, I was like 35 years old and I was living in this huge house, like, you know, that was, uh, I don't know, 8,000 square feet and it was just my wife and I, I mean, it's just crazy and a dog. And, um, you know, and I was like, and I, and I thought thinking back and I was like, what am I doing? And, you know, and I think I had something to prove to myself or to my parents. I don't know, but, you know, so sometimes people will, you know, and I, I certainly don't live anywhere any, I don't need to prove anything at this point in my life, but I mean, back then I did. And, and, but I remember when I first moved in there, like I, I, the, the first day I was there, I was like sitting out by the pool and I was like, this is kind of depressing. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, um, because I just didn't, I didn't get it. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't get, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I was trying, people do things for reasons that, you know, that are, don't make sense. Like they're trying to prove things to themselves or they're trying to prove things to parents or, you know, there was no reason to buy such a, a like something like that. So, you know, so that's one of the things with attorneys, like, you know, you don't know, what's driving them many times. And, you know, no one knows what's driving themselves, but, you know, I, I think, you know, the biggest mistake a lot of times is not allowing yourself to be happy when there's maybe options that would make you happy. So in terms of kind of actionable advice here for folks that are in the process of, of, of making a move or can contemplating making a move, what are some of the steps that you would recommend for them to try and make a decision about where to go next? What's the process that they should follow? Well, the first thing is, is you need to know what's going to make you happy. So, you know, my, my advice always is, you know, what I do when I'm working with attorneys is I, I try to get a very good sense of, you know, what it is they want and what they're looking for. And many attorneys, uh, you know, really do want to get into the most competitive law firm possible. And that really drives them and they're excited by it. And they still have this huge fire in their belly. And that's great. And they should try to do that. But at the same time, uh, you know, other people, uh, you know, you know, something else may make them happy. And, you know, so I'm always advising people to look at like a variety of, of opportunities. You know, one of the things about practicing law is it, is it really is can be kind of a crapshoot because 
you can end up in a in a firm where you know um, where you're happy and where you know you have a long term career, and you can end up in one where you're not. And you know, people are uh, you know some people and are, are compatible with certain organizations, and some people aren't. You know, I remember. Uh, you know, and this, this isn't really related to, uh, you know, practicing law, but I, you know, um, years ago I was uh, looking for, uh, who was I? Oh, I was interviewing with, um, I was trying to figure out, uh, hire like a sort of a mentor for, for a business, like a like CEO coaching company I was talking to, uh, where they, you know, they kind of meet with you every couple of weeks and you strategize and they help you you know, with your business. And, um, and I met with a couple of different ones. And one guy I met with was a former banker that, you know, had this very kind of linear uptight personality. And I just, and, and he and I just didn't hit it off at all. And then the next guy I met, I really liked a lot. So that's the person I worked with. And they're both from the same company. But, you know, the idea is that, you know, sometimes you meet people and, you know, they're just not the kind of people that you're going to mesh with and that are going to work. And that's the same thing with organizations. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, you need to, um, you know, you need to find people that you're comfortable with. And, you know, in talking to lots of different law firms, uh, I mean, the biggest uh, advantage of doing that is that the more people you talk to, the more likely you are to find a place where, you know, you can have a successful career and where, you know, you're going to be around people that, that may help you in, in an atmosphere that's going to work. And the one thing that I've really heard you emphasize time and time again over our many conversations is that uh, attorneys need to think of themselves as a marketable product, which is kind of a an ewe thing for many people to think about. But that's really what they are. They're trying to market themselves um, and to kind of have that viewpoint rather than just maybe a careerist viewpoint to kind of think of themselves in terms of uh, a market perspective and to understand the markets that they're trying to work in, et cetera, which I think a lot of attorneys maybe aren't that sophisticated at doing. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. I mean, everybody's a product, you know, so, and that's the job of, you know, that's, that's what I do with, with candidates is I, you know, I do whatever I can to, you know, find uh, the right market for them and, uh, you know, and find inefficiencies in markets, you know, where firms may not, you know, where they may have an unrecognized need and that, that's what you need to do. And your product's going to sell better in some markets than it would others, you know, so, you know, and, and you may be able to, you know, the product may have a longer shelf life in different markets than others. I mean, it's just, you know, you need to understand, you know, where you're marketable and why you're marketable. You know, like we have, you know, recruiters all over the country. And the reason for that, for example, is, you know, people that are in New York, you know, talk faster and they, they have a different accent than the people that are in, you know, the Midwest and, you know, and people feel more comfortable uh, in the Midwest, talking to someone with a Midwest accent than they do in a, in the same thing goes in the, in the West. I mean, people just have different, you know, talk differently and think differently. And, you know, and so you, you, you want to put your product in a place where you're most comfortable. And, you know, the other thing too is, you know, different, not only are cultures different within a certain city in a certain firm, but different, whole different markets have different types of cultures and people can fit in in different markets differently. So, you know, you may be, you actually may be a good candidate for, you know, culturally, uh, you know, good for Dallas and, and be living in, uh, you know, Cincinnati. I mean, who knows, you know, but you need to find, uh, you know, people that make you comfortable and um, in places where your product is more in demand and, and your type of person is. Harrison, thanks for making time for me today. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you're a lawyer looking for a change, go to bcgsearch.com.